Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're learning about life coaching with our guest, Jennifer Farley. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello, Megan. Hi, Steffi. You know what? What? I cannot believe that last week we did not talk about people having stripes. Oh my god, the, the striped people. Oh yes. my god. Yeah, okay. Um, please explain what you're talking about for the listeners that are like, what the fuck is she talking about? Uh, so for whatever reason, uh, it, it, this article started going around on social media about how people have stripes. And it's not a new article. It's actually, you know, it's been out for a while and people have talked about it before. Just for some reason, someone picked it up and it like went out on like TikTok and in some Facebook groups and everything. And so people were just like, what? Stripes? I What? So it's this thing called Blaschko's Lines, which is a pattern of stripes on your body, but you can't see them because you can only see them with like UV light or something. So like you have stripes like your cat and your cat can see them. Right. That's the thing. Okay. That's the thing that really blows my mind is like, I mean, the stripes in and of themselves are, are, it's weird. And, and I'll link to what we're talking about in the show notes in case anyone is like, what? Like if you Google, you can literally Google humans having stripes and this will mm-hmm. show up, but like, yeah, yeah they're called Blaschko's lines. And so like, that's, it, it's weird. Um, but then the fact that the, our cats apparently can see that we have stripes because there's something about their eyeballs. I don't know. I, I there don't. are certain there are certain animals that can see UV light. So like pigeons can see UV light as well, which I learned from watching Spies in Disguise. Well, pigeons um, are, are but freaky, so it doesn't really. <laughs> But I just couldn't believe we were so like so obsessed with it last week. And also I brought it up to my family at the dinner table and they were like, okay. And then started talking about something else. And I was like, are you, are you not hearing me? (laughs) Did you not hear me just tell you, you have stripes? Well, apparently like, and apparently there are different like skin conditions that can crop up that like will follow whatever your your stripe pattern is mm-hmm. um which i think is interesting and like i guess sometimes like moles and stuff will kind of follow but there's like different there's like different patterns yeah just so, like a cat yeah just like cats just like <laughs> just, just like cats so um yeah I, I i don't i don't really know what to do with this information other than i i, I hope i have a cool pattern I am just very disappointed that I never took any pictures of myself when I had full body rashes because 
I feel like maybe I would have been able to see some sort of pattern. Yeah, well, apparently we just need to get you really stressed out again and then see if we can figure out what what pattern of, of striping you have. I mean, you could also just give me some, like, amoxicillin, but also I could die. So, you know. Yeah, I mean... Mox is, we can just give you any of the things you're allergic to and see what happens. Or, you know, it's fine. Either one. Totally okay. Here's some banana bread, Megan. Wink, I wink. can eat banana bread. I can't eat regular bananas. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Here's some bananas. Not in bread. Wink, wink. I don't think that would give me a rash, though. I think that might only make my throat close up. It's oh, really counter counterproductive to what we want to do. So, anyway, guys, I will link to some info about Blaschka's lines in uh, the show notes in case you are as curious as we were about the invisible stripes that apparently makes us look like cats and that our cats can see. Honestly, the fact that we are more like cats than I thought is delightful to me. It makes me question a little bit more the way cats treat us, but <laughs> you know, you would think that if they think, if they see that we have stripes, wouldn't we be more part of their tribe? But apparently I mean, not. we see how humans treat each other. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave it at that. Go there. That's too deep for today. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, Thank you for bringing that back to the top of my mind so that I can obsess <laughs> over it for another week. Appreciate appreciate you, Megan. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so this week we are going to talk about life coaching. Yeah, I feel like I have been seeing so much about life coaching popping up lately. And I actually know quite a few people who have become life coaches in the past few years. So we decided to learn more about it, and we invited our friend, Jen Farley. Welcome, Jen. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, apparently I have strikes. (laughs) (laughs) I just learned that I'm a lot more like my cats than I thought, so maybe they'll start paying attention to me. (laughs) Um, I live in Only, Maryland, which is a suburb of D.C. Uh, We just bought a new house here, which I'm super excited about. Um, I live with my husband, Jeff, and our two stripy cats, Sage and Eleanor Rigby, Um, I was a food blogger for 10 years and I sold the blog at the beginning of this year, um, and decided I wanted to shift into life coaching. So I am currently finishing up training at, um, IPEC, which is a really incredible school and getting my certification while I am working as a coach. That's awesome. So uh, tell us about your first experience with life coaching. Well, um, I think I'm going to combine the first and the second experience, if that's okay. Because I feel like the first one almost doesn't count, but it would be weird to not include it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll allow it. You get a pass this time. Thank you. Um, So uh, like five or six years ago, a friend introduced me to another podcast called the Life Coach School Podcast. And um, 
it was really interesting. I had some mixed feelings about it, about the host, but um, that's where I started learning the basic concepts of coaching. And I found it really interesting and enlightening and like everything that I heard there made so much sense, but it wasn't um, actually translating into my life. So at a certain point I was like, this is all great, but it, it, I'm not doing it, so whatever. And it kind of fell off my radar. Um, and then I sort of made my way back to it because um, the world kind of blew up. <laughs> um, you know, even before the pandemic, it just seems like um, like I was depressed. Everybody I knew was angry and overwhelmed. And um, then the pandemic hit. And um, it just, I, I started thinking about the, the life coaching concepts again, because they're very focused in like how we view the world, our mindset. And I just, I felt like I needed something like that. So I sort of randomly came upon a different coach, uh, decided to work with her. Um, and that was amazing. And that's when I really like, I feel like that's, that was kind of my first real experience with coaching because that's when I started um, applying it to my life. You were what I would consider a pretty successful food writer. And, you know, you talked about, you talked about the pandemic and I totally agree. Even before COVID started, things were just kind of weird. I think I was also one of those people who was like depressed about life and just, stuff in general was kind of crazy but how did you decide after you know you had those first couple of sessions that life coaching was the thing that you wanted to pivot to for your career it and it all happened really organically um i i've always loved cooking and photography um and baking and i loved blogging when I first started, I didn't even know that I could make money at it. You know, um, it was just sort of becoming a thing and I decided to start a blog and then, you know, it, it turned into a really good career, but, um, just the, the way that the, the industry kept evolving, it didn't, um, it just wasn't, I wasn't connecting with it anymore. And I, I kept having really bad burnout mm -hmm. and I kept waiting for it to pass. Um, you know, I loved it so much at one point that I'm like, oh, just, you know, this will pass. Everyone gets burnout and you will, you'll, you'll love it again. And um, when the pandemic actually hit, I decided to just, I took to take a break because like I was already having trouble with it. And, um, you know, I, I just, it wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, at some point in the middle of the pandemic, I don't know, time's kind of liquid. I just, I realized I wasn't going back to blogging and, um, it just sort of after a while, um, it felt like coaching was, had like a flashing neon sight that, uh, sign that was right in front of my face. Um, and a lot of, a lot of my reasons for pivoting were kind of selfish. Um, I, when I started, you know, by the time I decided I wanted to do it, I'd been working with the coach for, I say, I say like six to eight months. And I was just saying all these like dramatic changes. I was feeling so much better. And um, I wanted to 
selfishly immerse myself in the work as much as possible so I wouldn't kind of drift away from it. And so um, by shifting my career to life coaching, um, I get to help other people. I get to really get sucked into these concepts on a really deep level. And um, and I I get to work from home, which I'm very used to at this point. So it was just kind of like um, a perfect package. So who is life coaching for? Who, who should hire a life coach? You know, anybody, I think, you know, that, that's kind of a generic answer. Like, I think so many people would benefit from working with a coach because we're all constantly evolving with time. And so, you know, To get down specifically, I think uh, anyone who feels like they need a little bit of help getting clarity while working towards goals that they want to achieve, they could be personal, professional, whatever. Um, It could be anybody that's um, suffering from situational depression or overwhelm, just feel like, you know, it's feeling negative and you know, coaching isn't all about positivity, but like, it's sort of about finding that balance. So, you know, someone that feels like they might need a mindset shift. Um, I also think it's great for people who have done a lot of therapy and they've kind of gotten to maintenance mode in therapy where like, they don't, they don't feel like they need a therapist anymore necessarily, but they don't like, they want to keep working on themselves. So life coaching kind of, um, it, it, there's overlap with therapy. It's very different, but it's sort of, um, it's much more future focused than therapy. You know, therapy tends to dig into the past a lot more. Um, so I think it can be great for that. And then there's, um, there's a ton of niche coaches out there. So like if you're struggling with weight loss or you want to have better relationships with people in your life if you're you know there's business coaches so um it really runs the full gamut i think and i think you i think you made a good point that like this is not a replacement for therapy but it could be a great complement to therapy depending on like what point you're at in your life yeah yeah and there's a lot of people um who will work with both a therapist and a coach at the same time, because at the end of the day, we're not trained to treat, you know, to work with trauma recovery, to treat any kind of um, mental disorders. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of reason, you know, clinical depression Um, and coaching, you know, we can sort of touch on that stuff, but it's, um, you know, Therapy serves one purpose, and I think coaching sort of, well, there's overlap, veers in a different direction, but they really are complementary. So walk us through the process of what it's like to work with a coach. Like, what are the first steps? What do you kind of, I know every person would be different, but what do you work on? How do you progress through the, the life coaching journey? Well, like you said, everyone's going to have their own style. Every coach is a little bit different. But um, a lot of coaches offer a complimentary session 
where you can talk to a person, like we'll talk to a person, explain stuff like how coaching is different from therapy, kind of what to expect, um, if there's any goals that the person is interested specifically, like if there's a reason that they're coming to life coaching, just sort of go over those things to make sure that, um, make sure there's chemistry, make sure it feels like a good fit. And uh, if it feels like a good fit, then the sessions after that are really all about following the client's agenda. So, you know, we, we can work on short-term or long-term goals. It can be changing careers, any kind of transitions, getting healthier, whatever. Um, and the sessions can also be one-off. You know, sometimes I'll come to a session with a coach and, you know, there is something very pressing and I don't care about long-term goals in that, in that moment. Cause I just, I just need to figure out what's going on uh, in that moment. And so we can, you know, we can help people work through specific, um, specific scenarios and circumstances. Um, we, you know, it might involve, um, like I said, just shifting the mindset, um, mindset and seeing things from a different perspective because um, we all look through the world through a very particular lens based on our own life experiences. And sometimes we just need someone to hold the space for us and ask us questions and get us to sort of get out of our own heads because we all have a lot of different inner blocks, um, assumptions, uh, interpretations, negative self-talk, all that stuff that like it's really easier for someone on the outside to sort of give you a um, an outsider um, perspective of asking questions. Mm-hmm. And um, we we help people, we help facilitate that awareness by asking questions without giving advice. So, you know, it's really hard if I'm, if I'm coaching someone and I see something of, of my own life where I have an opinion about it, I have to keep those opinions out of it because my opinion is completely irrelevant. It's not advice. It's not mentoring. It's, 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 there's a lot of question asking in coaching. So, you know, it's, it's really about getting clarity and that, that, that sort of sums it up. It sort of sounds like it's a lot to do with getting the person that you're coaching to kind of answer those questions that they have themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's exactly it because a lot of times, I mean, I remember saying, to a coach one time, just tell me what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, please, that's really please what tell I want. me what to do with my life. <laughs> and it's, it's hard because I think when we're when we feel stuck, we we all want someone to just make decisions for us and tell us mm-hmm. what to do. But you know, if um, if if someone comes to me with a question about what to do with their food blog, I obviously have opinions that don't relate to other, you know, other people's experiences. I've, I've only lived my life. I haven't lived the client's life. So they, they, they need to figure out those answers for themselves. It's my job to get them to look at things from different angles so that they can figure out the answer themselves. What has been the most rewarding thing about being a life coach for you so far? Uh, it's been, it's been so much more rewarding than I thought it would be. Um, 
not only do I get to help people, but um, my entire outlook, I feel like my entire outlook on life has shifted, which is kind of a dramatic statement, but it's, it's, it's true. I have a lot more just day-to-day gratitude, uh, less judgment, definitely less anger, less depression. Um, and, you know, the world is still a mess. So <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's really just about, um, for me, it's been about learning to not see circumstances in our lives as good or bad. But uh, I look for the opportunity in every situation because every experience is an opportunity to learn and grow somehow. And um, if I, you know, before where I might have a a real harsh judgment about someone's actions, I think there's a lot of that right now. You know, I I remember that um, every person that I meet is both my teacher and my student. I can learn. There's something that I can learn from, from them. I can learn about myself based on my judgment in the moment. It's like, there's a whole world of stuff. And, um, and it's really good stuff. I love it um, so much that I'm always excited to share it with people. I love that. That's awesome. Is there anything surprising that you have learned along the way, either about yourself or from working with other people in such a different way than your previous career? Um, I think... I don't want to sound Pollyanna about some of this stuff, but, you know, a lot of what I've learned is just, um, so there's a, there's a line from our training that uh, has always stuck with me. I mean, there's a lot of them, but one of them is um, each moment describes who we are and gives us the opportunity to decide if that's who we want to be. And when you really, when you really let that sink in, it's so, it's so powerful. Um, I think that before, before I started all of this, I, you know, I didn't even realize it, but I just, I spent a lot of time in victim mode. You know, if, 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 if I was trying to get traffic to my blog and, and Google wasn't giving it to me, I would be like, this isn't fair. Why me? Why her? Like, you know, I, and, there's so many different ways to approach these situations. And we have total control over the way that we experience life. Um, if I only, if we only focus on what's wrong in front of us and what's the negative stuff in front of us, we miss all of the good stuff around us. You know, if we only focus on the, the, the first example that just popped in my head is horrible. <laughs> we only focus on like the dog poop that somebody didn't pick up behind their pet. We miss like all the beautiful trees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went there, but that's just like, once that was in my head, I, there was no yeah, other example. Was, that was the image and it was there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I had to say it. So there we are. Um, <laughs> that's basically it you know life is short we're only here for a short time and we get to decide what we want to do with that time and how we show up so we can either look at the shit or look at the beautiful changing leaves of fall I love that. 
So, so something that I'm curious to know a little bit more about and, and to touch on um, is the is the financial piece to life coaching um, and how that can be financially feasible for folks. Like, um, you know, if you're wanting to work with a life coach, but um, maybe you're on a budget, like, is it feasible to, like, are you able to typically, um, like, break it up in such a way that, like, you can still meet with somebody, but maybe you're not meeting as often or for as long, so it's a little bit more financially feasible. Um, can, can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I have so many opinions on this. It could be an entire separate episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Megan and I have a lot of opinions about things that should be more financially feasible for the general public in general. So, <laughs> Well, I think part of it, too, is because there used to be such a stigma on life coaching because it used to be this thing that only like white stay-at-home moms could do and it was like very hoity-toity kind of thing right yeah so yeah I would love to hear more (laughs) about this (laughs) yeah yeah that um I think that that's still a problem that I would like to see addressed a little more um if I'm being completely honest uh one one thing, um, and this isn't all the things, but um, so my mother is actually a therapist and we've had a lot of conversations about this. And she thinks that uh, when she started working as a social worker, it was looked down upon. It wasn't seen as serious in the way that a psychiatrist or a psychologist was. And that has completely changed. And now insurance covers them. And um, I'm hoping that eventually insurance will cover coaching, but we might be a ways away from that. I think there needs to be more regulation. That's, that's a whole other thing, but, um, you know, you will find a lot of coaches, uh, especially the, the, the ones that have been around longer. Um, they charge a lot of money and I, I'm, I struggle with that a little bit because I, you know, if we're trying to help people and change the consciousness of the world or whatever, like the woo hoity hoity stuff is like, it, it, it can't just be changing, you know, helping middle and upper middle class people. Right. So there are a lot of different things that I've seen. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of expensive things. I've also seen people um, offer, you know, this is the price for an individual session. And then if you buy five, it's cheaper. If you buy 10, it's even cheaper. Um, one of the things that I'm interested in launching eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later, but I feel like this is going to take a good amount of logistical planning. And this is not my idea. Originally, I've seen other people do this. This is available right now is group coaching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, instead of getting an hour um, one-on-one with a coach, you have um, several people that are signed up for it. So it might come out to, um, you know, I'm just going to throw out random numbers right now. It might be like $25, $50, $75 a month, whatever, once a week there is an hour session and people that have pressing things can work with the coach. And one of the things that I've gotten over time, because I've done some of these coaching, these group coaching things, is you actually can get 
a lot of insight from watching other people be coached um, in some ways um, completely differently than you will when you're being coached yourself. So I feel like that is um, one way to make it more accessible to to people. But I agree that it is um, a, a lot of what's out there right now is is pricey, and I'm I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it feels a little bit like um, almost like personal training in that way, um, where you know it's it's fair. It's typically like. It's this, and my husband was a personal trainer before he pivoted to become a chef and then make them need personal trainers. Um, but um, he, uh, you know, like there's there's this like, I think when you typically think of, of, of careers like this, you think of, you know, and the, the people who can afford it is typically like the rich people, the, the upper middle class people, but um, there are plenty of people who are not as um, financially stable or financially independent who could, I'm sure, can benefit from life coaching and you know setting some goals and figuring out what they want to do next. Uh, just the way that anybody can benefit from working with a personal trainer, you know, for to meet different, you know, personal health or fitness goals or whatever it might be. So. Um, yeah, I uh, and of course, like I think many of us know, like you you said, like therapists are covered by insurance, but not every therapist is covered by insurance, or not on every insurance plan, and uh-huh. um, so even like getting that stuff covered is is um, hard, and can, so working with a therapist that is really great for you can be a luxury too. So I think overall in our country, we just need to be. Uh, working harder towards making some of these things less of a privilege and more financially feasible to the greater public. But I love that that's something that you've been thinking about and thinking about how you can build into your business model. Cause I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's so interesting that you, you brought this up cause I've been um, talking about this with other people and thinking about it quite a lot lately. Cause I've, really agree with everything that you're saying. And I don't quite have the answer yet. You know, there's a lot of people that a lot of people who will pay for what's important to them. So someone might think that life coaching seems weird, but they're willing to pay for the therapist that's out of network because it's really good for them, or they want to get a massage once per month, or they want to only eat organic. You know, we all have, you know, if if you're talking about people that have extra money to spend, people will spend the money on what what they think is important. But to for for people that that can't afford something like this, you know, sometimes those are the people that need it the most. And it really is. It is an issue that I don't quite have an answer for, but I would love to see there's so much reform in healthcare that I would love to see that's impacted me personally. I have a medicine that my um, being generic doesn't work for me and my insurance company won't cover. And um, that's, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, I have nicely. many rants on that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jen, how can our listeners find you to learn more about what you're doing? Um, and also, 
Um, just if life coaching is of interest to them in general, where do you recommend they go to find out more about just what you're doing and life coaching in general? Well, if you want to find me, um, and I do offer complimentary sessions, um, you can, uh, my website is jenniferfarleycoaching.com and, um, there's a link right on there to schedule a session. I'm also on Instagram at Jennifer Farley Coaching. I wanted to do something besides my name, and I could not come up with anything clever. And, like, I'm thinking about that while I'm reading it. And I, like, yeah, like, every cool word combination has been taken by another coach, and I'm bitter about it. I <laughs> All I own is my name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what's ridiculous? There's another Jennifer Farley Coach. No. Um, if, oh. Yeah, I am. If you go on Instagram, I am not Coach Jen Farley. Really? Jennifer Farley coaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what are some other good resources? That's a really good question. Um, I think you, you mentioned have... a podcast at the beginning of the episode. Um, yeah. There's a lot of podcasts at this point. Um, that's the only one that I've listened to. It's called the Life Coach School Podcast. Um, I would recommend um, it, it is a great place to get introduced to some concepts, um, mainly in the first season. But that is a very, um, I, I hesitate to recommend it a little bit because it's a very, very specific type of coaching it doesn't it's not necessarily all coaching but it, it does give you an introduction to a lot of the uh, mindset concepts awesome and of course we'll be sure to link to all of this along with the uh, blash ghost stripes in the show notes so you can learn about <laughs> life coaching and your stripes all in one place yay <laughs> <laughs> You'll get all the important things all in one location. That is what we are here for. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This has been great. And we end each week with what's bringing us joy. So what is bringing you joy this week, Jen? Oh, definitely my new house. It has a sun porch um, and mosquitoes love me. So being in a sun porch is amazing. And the weather's been spectacular. So we've been eating dinner out there almost every night. My cats are out there all day. They've forgotten about us. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm so happy for them because, you know, it's just, it's beautiful back there. And um, I, I, love this weather so much here and um and the, our new our new house is in very close distance to two um farms with breweries on them so nice. that also brings me joy <laughs> nice the uh the house i grew up in had a sun porch like three season room situation and I, looking back, I did not appreciate it enough when I was growing up. But also, um, one of my cats, uh, Cora, she, back when my parents were still living in that house, and, like, I, we would, I'd take her over there sometimes on long weekends, she would spend, like, the entire time, like, out on the porch. And she would just, like, roll on the concrete floor <laughs> and, like, lie in the sun. And, like, when it was too cold to go out there, like, she would just sit at the door and yell. <laughs> And like scream at my mom. My mom would be like, 
it's too cold. And Cora would be like, fuck you, I want to go on my porch. So. <laughs> We're waiting for that to happen. They're going to be so mad at us. Um, at our, at our, at our, we rented for a year before we bought the house because the housing market is crazy right now. And um, our, the other house had a sun porch. And when it was, so they went out there too. And when it was winter, um, and it was snowing and they're looking outside and we're like, all right, let's do this. So we opened the door and one of you guys, um, Eleanor stuck her paw out, touched the snow, put her paw back in and walked away. And Sage like charged outside with excitement, did a lap around the sun porch and came right back in. And they were like, I guess you were right. Nope. They noped out. <laughs> oh, funny. Megan, what's bringing you joy? Uh, this past weekend, I my family was able to go to Madison for a little weekend getaway. We stayed at a hotel where everyone has their own beds. Well, not everyone, but like my kids did not have to share a bed, and no one had to share a bed with the kids, which is always like <laughs> a huge bonus. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I got to go to, to the Madison Farmer's Market, which is huge and amazing. And I bought apple cider and drank it drank it straight out of the jug because uh, I'm classy like that. Um, and there was an afternoon where my dad watched the kids and my husband and I went and had lunch together like grown-ups. And then like wandered around to little shops in town and it was really lovely. Amazing. It was like real life. <laughs> what is this craziness? What? I know. It was super weird. And it was it was funny, too, because um, my teenager is a teenager and, you know, all of that. Always and, delightful is what she's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the car, he said something about, it's like, you know, I was really apprehensive about this trip but i'm having a really good time and i was like oh I, I gotta i'm having a good time for my teenager oh who will be 14 tomorrow that's not i know joy. and we got to have ramen and i have not had ramen we have not been to a restaurant to eat ramen since 2019 yeah because there's no good ramen places here so no it's very strange it's really disappointing so especially with the college you would think that there would be one by now but but it was a lovely trip and i bought lots of like little food goodies back home with me so extend my joy love it steffi what about you my kid is walking you guys yes Yay. so exciting it's been a long a long journey to get here um she's been working so hard in physical therapy and finally like she kind of she was at the point where we're like we're pretty sure you can do it and you're just like not comfortable like not confident enough or just don't want to or something and then something just clicked and like a week and a half a couple weeks ago she finally like walked to me for the first time and of course i like lost my shit entirely i was like sobbing um oh. and she's like she's still it's still not like her only mode of transportation but like every day she's walking a little bit more and so she's getting close to like it being her primary mode of getting from point a to point b and 
I'm just so proud of her. She's worked so hard. So and she loves, it's so cute because she loves to like hold your hand and like take you into like the next room to do whatever it is she wants to do. She'd be like, come on. She'd like take you in. So it's just, it's just adorable. It's so adorable. Also, it means that I don't have to carry her as much as I did, which I am a big fan of. <laughs> she's getting heavy, guys. They she's, get so heavy. <laughs> so she's tall and she's getting heavy. And I'm like, girl, you are gangles, all gangles. Like, what's happening? So also, <laughs> she's like, they were laughing at her at daycare because she's like, well known now at daycare for being the kid that just like refuses to keep her shoes on. Like, she just like gets there and she like rips her shoes and socks off and drops them in various places and then it like then she'll like walk all over the place there and so every time I go and pick her up from daycare they have to like go find where she's like stashed her shoes and socks <laughs> and be like here are her shoes and socks so but they're, she they, knows they it's also, a no <laughs> yeah I think they're just like it's no I can be barefoot it's fine okay. she just knows it's a no shoe house it is. I mean, we are like, pretty much a no shoe house. Just yeah, not, and my house is a no by, shoe house. So yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, it's, ours isn't even like by policy a no shoe house. I just like being barefoot. So me too. Yeah, yeah. it's just like my preferred state of being. But it's it's really funny because I also think like the daycare ladies like they also like aren't going to argue with her about not wearing her shoes because they notice that she walks more when she isn't wearing them and they want to encourage her to walk. So they're like, whatever, kid. You're so cute. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's really not that important. It's the only, it'd be more like, you know, they don't want someone else to step on her toes with their shoes. And like they do go play outside and like the other day she was, there is a picture because they, they'll send us like pictures through their little app or whatever. And they sent us some pictures of her playing outside and you could see the progression. Like there was one, she had her shoes on and the next one, she just had her socks on. And the next one, it was just her bare feet. Like she was stripping things off of her feet as she went. That's adorable. So, come, come winter, it might be tricky to uh, get, uh, get something on her feet to keep her toes warm. But I guess we'll cross that bridge in another month or so. I mean, when it comes to Eden, they should be happy. It is just her shoes and socks. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Guys, I, I guess I should give everyone a, a, a diaper update. As many of our listeners will know, if you've been paying attention, she's a she's a diaper stripper in her crib. Uh, and so there was a period of time where we, ha- we were having to like put duct tape and packing tape on her diapers to keep them on her. Well, she outsmarted that system and figured out how to get the tape off and so now we have to do um like the zipper pajamas that don't have any feet on them and put them on her backwards so the the zippers on her back and then she can't get her pajamas off and strip in the middle of the night (laughs) yep so so far that system has worked for a few weeks we're just going to keep going with it until it doesn't work anymore. But it also means that we have, oh, I have this like whole drawer of adorable pajamas that she cannot wear because she, they have feet on them or they're like two piece pajamas. So RIP cute pajamas. You were lovely while you served us. I mean, it only needs to last as long as 
it takes to get her potty trained. Right. Which at this rate, now that she's walking, I'm like, actually, you know, trying to potty train you might not be that far behind. Uh, the the ladies at physical therapy are always just like amazed by her because she, she she's incredibly smart. And the one gal was like, I think this is the first child I've ever seen that learned how to jump before she learned how to walk. <laughs> she like taught herself how to jump, but she still wasn't walking. <laughs> Sure. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. So <laughs> oh, she's funny. She's going to go places. She's going to, she's either going to build the world up or burn the world down. And you know what? I'm, I'm here to see what happens. <laughs> Love it. Oh. So I don't know about you, Steffi, but right now I am running an internal list of all the things I need to do after we record because, you know, otherwise the house might burn down. Yeah, pretty much same, constant, never-ending lists. What do we need to do? What's happening next? Where do we need to be? What do I need to do to get to where I need to be? It's truly never-ending. So in case you guys hadn't figured out, that means next week we're going to talk about mental load. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Bye.